0: When you to put turning your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. You're all right. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> Y'all just march on. Galatians chapter 5. Well, I'll read that in just a minute. But first of all, I just wanted to, to talk. About how many of you have had or know of, of loved ones that have died in the service for our country? Brian, you got several of you. Okay. Uh I don't know that I, I know that, couldn't re- relate to you with that, but I imagine that would be somewhat bittersweet as you have lost a loved one, but to know that that loved one had died, that we would have liberty and that we would have free uh, freedom. So we we honor them and, and uh, remember those who have died today. But I I want to talk a little bit, and y'all just get prepared. I told you I try not to get in politics too much, uh, and I'm not much today. But I want to talk to you about some things about our liberties that we have, the liberties that we have in Christ, liberties we have in this country. So I want to open up with a quote from Albert Einstein. It says The strength of the Constitution lies entirely in the determination of each citizen to defend it. Only if every single citizen feels duty bound to do his share in this defense. Are the constitutional rights secure? Y'all hear what he said? When a man goes into office or a woman goes into office, uh, they take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. When a soldier, a man or woman soldier, joins the military, they take an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. <laughs> And that even means of the maybe giving of their life to protect this so important document. I think one of the probably the greatest documents beside the Bible that was ever written. It gave freedom to all mankind. And today there is a big movement to say that the Constitution is racist, that the Constitution Constitution uh, is not fair. The Constitution does not afford everyone free, freedoms and liberties. I want to say you're wrong. You've never read the Constitution. If you have that kind of idea, now the, I did hear one man say that in, in a debate about that, and so uh, a young person brought it up. Those same facts, and and he says, where does it say what you're saying? Well, she couldn't tell him. He said, tell me verse or sentence that says what you're saying. She couldn't tell him. He said, what the idea is, is that maybe the men that wrote it, maybe they were racist. Maybe they had some issues. But don't judge the document based on the person that wrote it because the document was created by a, a group of men that came all uh, by, by one mind and, and debated and, and deliberated over this. And do you know that they even stopped for a season and said, look, we are at a, we're at a, a standstill here. Let's just stop and pray about it. And so they ended their session and asked God to give them the strength to know to write the document. And from that was born the Constitution of the United States. Did y'all know that? And uh, Albert Einstein says that it's only as strong as the men and women who are willing to preserve it, to protect it, and even with their lives. Well, this weekend we honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice to protect this document that affords me and affords you the liberties and freedoms that we have. Amen all by myself. I know this is not Biblical, but you can agree. You can say amen. That is all amen is, right? It means I agree, say it again kind of thing. So, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. And you so said, what has that got to do with church, Kenny? You said you stay out of politics. I think it has a lot to do with church. You know, see God wrote a document. God wrote His laws and what He wants and everything. Uh, very clearly for us to understand. And you know Christ died for our sins on the cross that we would have liberty from sin, that we would have freedoms in Christ. And everybody sort of looking at me like, where are you going, Brother Kenny? I'm saying that the Constitution... That I believe was inspired and, and, and God helped men to write it for the freedom and liberties that we so freely enjoy here in the United States is the same God that wrote His Word and gave me freedom and liberty as a Christian. Uh, let's, let's look at that in Galatians 5. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by love serve one another. Verse 14, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Father, as we study Your Word, Lord, I pray that you give me the words to say. Lord, uh, very difficult for us to understand some of the things that we see here that the Apostle Paul has written. Lord, we know that you've given us freedoms, you've given us liberties, and and we thank you for that. We've given you that. We've given it that in our country, Lord. But just help us to understand. Give me the words to speak clearly, that we would see the truth of your word clearly and that we be doers of that Word. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. See, just as our Constitution is being cluttered and many would say different things about it, they want to say the same thing about the Bible. It didn't really mean that. It didn't really, and I, I, as I studied this and I looked at it, I said, wow. What a comparison, what a correlation between the Constitution of the United States and how men and women act and the the Constitution, the law that God gave and how the church acts. Anybody got any idea how that is? We stand up here today and I love the song, Victory in Jesus, my Savior Forever. What does that mean? What does that mean, victory in Jesus? We have the victory in Christ. We have the victory over sin. We have the victory over death. Uh, We have uh, sweet victory in in relationship in Christ. We are no longer under the law. We are no longer uh, to be placed under the the law. It is a schoolmaster. It is something for us to live. And and, and we, we live by the law, but not by the written letter of the law just like our Constitution. It is there for your liberty. It is there for your as I said last week, for your own good. For for the purpose of all men coming together and living together and we still don't see that in our country much today. There is fighting and bickering and fussing over, you can't do this, you can't do that. And, and why I'm on my soapbox a little bit about the Constitution I don't you're frowning at me, but this is going to be good. You're going to like it. I don't think any politician anywhere should be elected and get into office and give me his opinion. He's not put in office for an opinion. He's put in office to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the laws that are written. I could care less about a politician's opinion just like you could care less about my opinion about God's Word. My opinion doesn't mean anything about God's Word if it's not backed up in God's Word. Do y'all, is that understandable? Y'all understand that? And so many times, and this is where I'm trying to go with this, uh, we have liberty from religion. When when the, Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians, the problem was, was circumcision. We all know what circumcision was. And, and Paul had brought to Galatia the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ that if you are saved by grace through faith, period. Well, then the Judaizers would come by, oh, well, Jesus is okay and everything, but you need to be circumcised. And they would they would mess up. They would take away the freedom and the liberty that Christ gave them on the cross. And said it's all good. It's all great. But you're still under the law. You still must do everything that should be done or you'll never be accepted by God. Is that liberty? Is that freedom? Not really is it? And so you have that same problem. This was the problem they had. It was a liberty from religion. And, and that's what I'm saying. For me to stand up here and, and look at this and say, somewhere in here it says that thou shalt not do X. If it's not in there, I can't say it. If it's not in there, I can't and should not, will not say it. It's my, because then it becomes my religious opinion. And if God didn't say it, it's just an opinion. Y'all understand this? day and it, Compare this to what our politicians are doing. Compare this by what the social interests are doing to our Constitution. But I want you to focus more on what are we doing in the church? Why is the church f- slowly falling away and getting smaller and smaller and the attendance is falling off and people want to f- isolate themselves from church? Because they're tired of your opinion. They're tired of your opinion. They want to know what God says. Uh, He says that you love one another. For too long the church has been too busy in giving opinions and not so much love. I heard a story just a few months ago right here in Noonan, Georgia, if you can believe it, in one of our prominent churches A testimony of a man himself said that I went in the church. I was trying to figure out what it was about. I sat down there and I smoked. And as I sat on the pew, a lady looked at me and went, This is an unsaved man that's trying to find out what church is about and what God's about. And he just found out from this lady that thinks smoking stinks. You need to get out of here. You stink. People, if we can't love the lost, if we can't love the ones who are not like we are, we've lost all focus on on what Christ has called us to do. That guy said, I'll never darken the door of another church. That was her opinion you show me now. Some of you are going. Whoa, Kenny brother, Kenny. you show me in the Bible where it says a person can't smoke. Come on. If you can't do it, it's your opinion, and it's not God's law. And your opinion, you keep to yourself. Y'all are awful quiet this morning. <laughs> I know I'm throwing something out there and y'all are like, whoa, he's he's lost his mind this morning. It's an opinion. Says you can't, my mama used something, smoking doesn't send you to hell. It just makes you smell like you've already been there. Okay? Okay? But so many times we'll look at somebody smoking and we think, oh my goodness. Oh. Why don't you just love that person? why don't you throw I, I like what the Christian Motorcycle Association does they, they go down and they find these guys that wear leather and they got beards and they're drinking beer and they're smoking cigarettes and maybe even a cuss word or two and they go around and say brother can I pray for you can I love you just like you are What an amazing testimony if we had more Christians like that that would just love people for just what they are. Understand the liberties and the freedoms that we have in Christ we don't put on other people. Are you all with me today? I hope so because I'm sort of excited about this. If we could get this in our mind, what kind of testimony would we give the community that I love you and I accept you just the way you are because my Savior loves you and accepts you just like you are? Right. If he's going to change something, let him do it. It ain't my job. It's not my... It ain't my job. Is it my job. Thank you. <laughs> I'm supposed to be, you know, speaking right here. It's tough for a country boy. But it's not my job as a preacher to stand up here and tell you, you better do this, this, and this if it's not in God's Word. Now, there are certain things that God has written in stone and on paper and on letter and gave us His law and said, this is right and this is wrong. I'm not talking about those things today. But there are other areas that Christians today and churches today want to put all kinds of rules and regulations on you. I grew up in a church that if your hair, guys, touched your ear, you was going to hell. Women, if you dare wear pants, how dare you call yourself a Christian? That's what I grew up in. You know, I couldn't even go to the movie theater. I was 15 years old before I snuck into a movie theater. And woe unto me if daddy found out. That's the way we were raised. That's not liberty. That's not freedom in Christ. Nowhere in God's word does it say, you can't do that nowhere it was an opinion of somebody else that down through the ages has brought it on us and put a burden a, a, a bondage a yoke of bondage around your neck that you've got to do this this and this to please god well i'm here to tell you today you will not do anything to please god there is nothing you can all my righteousness is as filthy rags I am born into sin. And, and some say that, oh, now that I'm a Christian, I'm not a sinner. Hogwash, you are too. But Christ may look at you not as a sinner, but He looks at you and sees His Son, the blood of Jesus Christ that covers your sin. So it's just as if you've never sinned, but that don't mean you don't sin. Because I know I'm saved and promise you I sin every day. Robin, you be quiet. I'm talking about liberty that we have in Christ and and how we we want to just take these liberties and, and things that we think and all the and we want to put it on somebody else. That's not liberty. That's not freedom in Christ. Church, we need to start loving one another. America, we need to start loving and accepting one another. Just like they are. There's all kinds of people in the world that I think they're, they're messed up. Uh, they're bad messed up. That's my opinion. That's for me, not them. That's what makes the Constitution so great. They have the freedom to live like they want to live. As a Christian, I don't think they ought to live this way. But they have the freedom in our country to live that way and i have the freedom in this country to pray for them and to love them just like they are that's what makes our country great that's what christ said to do the, it, the whole law is fulfilled in one thing love your neighbor as yourself even if your neighbor, neighbor is a pain even if your neighbor smokes even if your neighbor drinks even if your neighbor's gay oh even if your neighbor's black or not your color, a different race. And that's another thing. There's another thing that that religion does. And that's why I said, I don't like religion. Religion is man's ideas and what he thinks it ought to be, and he tries to force it down your throat, and it's based on nothing in God's word. Now, this might floor a lot of you. You ready? Hold on to the back of the pew. A lot of people get upset about black and white marriages. I personally don't like them. I don't care for them. I, I, I prefer not for me. I'm not preaching to you and say you can't. Because you know what? God's word doesn't say you can't. <clears throat> I'm going to have to look for a new job next week, honey. <laughs> There's nothing in God's word that says you can't interracially married. It is an opinion of someone. And if that opinion is imposed and I've I've heard people say it and and they've asked me, they Brother Kenny, where is it in the Bible that that black and white shouldn't marry? And and they just, eyeballs get that big when I say, nowhere. Do you know Moses was married to an Ethiopian? Uh Uh-oh. Ethiopians are black people. Now, I am in no way supporting it for myself. I think there's some issues in there that uh, with interracial marriage that you can have that could be a problem for you, could be a problem for your children. I just don't think it's the way God designed it. But that's my opinion. But I'll never stand up and tell somebody, you better not be with that one because he's black and you're white. I can't support it. I can't support it in God's Word. I'm not going to force my opinion on you just because I don't like it. Y'all getting me today? I'm going to take that person, the black and white couple, the gay couple, the drinking guy, the drinking woman, smoking woman, smoking, and I'm going to love them like Christ loved them. And whatever Christ wants to make out of them, that's what I want for them. Uh, just this past couple of weeks i we 've had a guy visiting our church and and he 's got some issues going on and i won 't indulge in him because i don 't know that he wants me to indulge him if he does, he can share it but he 's got some issues going on and i I told him i said you know i 'm not used to doing this and i i don't really like doing this, but I feel right now that the Lord is leading me to tell you this." I know a church that could help you and your daughter way more than I ever could. I'm really going to have to look for a church now. I a new job, right? See, my goal was not that they come and be members of our church as much as I want that. What I want more than anything else, that God do a mighty work in their life. And I know a preacher and I know a church that knows exactly what they're going through. They have helped hundreds of people overcome addictions and problems. and all. I don't have that problem, never had that problem. I don't know how to help you, but I know a church, I know a pastor that does. And so you know what I told him? I said, why don't you try going there first? And I'll pray for you. I'll counsel. I'll help the best that I know how. But I know a person that's been right there where you're at and can relate to you better. Wow. And I felt so good that God led me to that. And I've talked to him several times in the last few weeks and he said, wow, wow. Thank you so much for leading us in that direction. It is amazing what God is doing in our lives. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's not about Bethel Baptist Church or Rehoboth or, or whatever denominational. It's about the kingdom of God and bringing people in and loving them just like they are and ministering to their needs no matter what it takes. Jesus would minister to the Samaritan woman. Jesus ministered to the Tax collectors, I'm not even sure I could do that. But we gotta love them just like they are. I'm not even through with an introduction. I just barely got started. There's a uh, in Galatians five six say. They were talking about it. I said that about the circumcision. He said, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. See, he was telling these Galatians... If you're circumcised, it don't matter. If you're uncircumcised, it don't matter. What matters is your faith in your Lord Jesus Christ that you believe that he died on the cross for your sins and gave you liberty to live as he would have you to live. That's good stuff. I could just quit right there. Some of you are saying, I wished you would. What about in Corinthians? The people at Corinth, they had some issues going on too. Uh, Paul wrote a letter to them and, and look what he says in 2 Corinthians 3:70 the Lord is, uh, <clears throat> now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what Liberty there's liberty in Christ. We as preachers, we as churches shouldn't bring our religious opinions and ideas on somebody to get them to live the way we think they ought to live and it's not based on anything in God's Word. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. See, the people at Corinth had a problem too. Uh, if you read in 2 Corinthians uh Chapter eight. He says that but there is one God and the Father of whom all things, and, and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things, and we are by him. How be it that uh, there is not in every man the knowledge for some to with conscience of idols <coughs> unto the hour unto this hour eat as a, things of offering to idols, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat uh, commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. What was the problem in Corinth? These pagan worshipers were taking animals and sacrificing them And after the sacrifice, they'd take the meat out in the marketplace and sell it. Well, then Christians would come in there and buy that meat for food because they had perfect peace, they had perfect liberty. There was nothing in God's law about that. God had given them liberty to decide through the power of the Holy Spirit if it was right or wrong. But there were other Christians that were standing over there watching saying, Did you see them eat that meat? That was offered to pagan God. How dare they eat that meat? Did you hear what Paul said about that? If we eat that meat, you're no better to God. If you do eat that meat, you're no better to God. It makes no difference. If you're not worshiping the pagan idol, you're not doing it for worship. The idol is is not anything to you. It's just food that God had provided. Well, y'all are quiet today. I hope it's making your wheels turn a little bit and that i am just totally confused you. I hope it's helping you to think and understand uh, the the liberties that we have and the things that we do and how we shouldn't impose on others what we believe our opinions to be, but impose on others the love of God and what God says about things. He says that if you have this liberty, if you go and you eat this meat, don't let that be a stumbling block to one that is spiritually immature you hear that? Uh, Don't don't let what God has given you liberty about be a stumbling block. There is a gentleman, Mr. Uh, uh, Jean Rousseau, if you all know him, right? Uh, He says, I have never thought for my part that man's freedom consists in being able to do whatever he wills. Now, I want you to get there. This is I've read this saying several times and the more I read it, the more I get out of it. The more I think, wow, how profound. That a man's freedom consists in his being able to do whatever he wills, but that he should not by any human power be forced to do what is against his will. Let me read that one more time. That man's freedom consists in his being able to do whatever he wills, but that he should not by any human power be forced to do against his will. And as I read that, the Lord gave me this in Second Corinthians that Paul, don't let your liberty become a stumbling block. In America I have freedom and rights. Pretty much to do and live ever how I want to within the law, right? But you know what? What Mr. Russo is saying here is my freedom and what I want to do should be limited to be live peaceable with all men in society. So there are some things that I can do, some things that I might want to do. I've got to understand that I cannot impose my beliefs and my feelings on another person to infringe upon their freedoms and their will to do. Does that make sense? Don't need to say it anymore. Do you need to say it any clearer? And that's what we have today with special interest and all the rest, and these politicians that want to give me their opinions based on nothing to live a certain way, and I got to accept this, or I got to do that, or I got to, based on an opinion and not on anything written in our Constitution. See, so you have freedoms and liberties to do and to live uh, how you will, but you understand as a mature. Individual or a mature spiritual Christian, you have the liberty uh, to do, but you understand that maybe that liberty might be a stumbling block to somebody else. That's what Paul is saying here. Don't let your liberties be a stumbling block. Uh, I don't even want to go here. Maybe I will. Y'all are getting really wide-eyed now. Robin's scared to death. What is he going to say now? The drinking. Is it okay to drink? Do you know the Southern Baptist Convention is being tore apart right now about drinking? Is it okay or not? You know what it doesn't say in God's Word? what? You read it. I was raised as I told you all my life, if you, (laughs) I mean if you took any kind of alcohol, you're out of here, bud. You can get out of the family, you can get out of the church, and you're going to hell. That's how I was raised. Drinking was taboo. And the older I got, and the more I looked at it, and I tell you, I have studied this backwards and forward not not so much for me, but just because it's asked of me, What do you think about drinking, preacher? Well, what does God's word say about it? You don't want my opinion. Let's see what God's word says, and you know there's I can find nowhere in God's word that it says you will you shall not drink." Now it is very clear. And I think this is something we enforce because God's clear on it. Don't be drunk. I think that is very clear. It is against God's law and God's perfect will for you to be drunk. But to have a drink, there's not... matter of fact, I was shocked at the drinking that I saw in the Bible. Paul uh, told Timothy to, to drink a glass of wine. Timothy is a young preacher, he said, drink some wine for your stomach's sake. All through the Old Testament, at the feast and all, that. Uh, we talked about Hannah last week. The high priest thought she was out of her mind and she was drunk because she had had wine and strong drink. You know, some of them say, "Well, it was just wine and it's different alcohol content." Hogwash. Uh, I have fermented grapes before to to put in. Uh, oh man, they're good little fritters or or. Uh, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> if you ferment them a little bit and put them in there and cook them, oh we that's good stuff. It don't make you drunk. I mean you know. But I used to do that years ago when I would bake little pastries and stuff. But fermented grapes is fermented grapes. And they would ferment and we'd strain it off and all the rest for the cooking purposes. But fermented grape is fermented, and It's and pretty stout. So I don't believe it was a different kind of, uh, of wine or any. Jesus made wine and all. They said, so why are you saying that? Uh, because there is liberty here. This is a place I believe that God has given liberty. Now, there is in Scripture, and I know I've opened up a can of worms and I probably shouldn't have this late in the game, but there are some Scriptures that talk about doing a lot upon the lot wine when it is red and fermented. And a lot of preachers want to take that verse and say, there you go, you can't drink. Well, if you'll read it in its context, it's talking to an alcoholic. If you're an alcoholic and the very thought of alcohol, if I was to hold up a bottle of wine or beer or or whatever else, and you would just break out in a cold sweat, and oh, I gotta have it, and you cannot stop. That's a problem. That's God saying, "Don't mess with it. Leave it. It's better that you leave it alone, because you you don't have the self control to do it." And I say that could apply to anything in our lives. If you don't have it, you put a bag of big old chocolates up here, you are gonna make me sin. I got that. 'Cause I don't have self control to quit eating them. I love chocolates and that's okay. <laughs> I don't, I love, ch- especially with nuts in it. And Robin's handing me a bag of them before and I'm watching TV and I'm just, oh yeah. And the next thing I know the bag's gone. <laughs> she made me sin. Because I don't have self control with it, but I think that's what he's talking about with this. You don't have self control, leave it alone. It is better that they don't bring chocolates into my house because I don't have any self control. That's why I look the way I do. Uh, I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Uh, If if it's not in God's word, and 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 and, you know, I, I have my own personal feelings about drinking. Uh, but you know what i don 't think you'll ever see me out drinking because I think it would be a stumbling block for some of you i it, it, you know i 've gone to restaurants and I see church members and people and they know i 'm a preacher and and I walk up to the table and they 're going i don 't care people i don 't care as long as you 're not getting drunk." You're doing things in modesty. I know it's been five years, and I thought one day I'm, I'm probably going to preach about this. But I believe it's a liberty. I, I I can't. I wish somebody would come up and say, right there is, do not drink, Brother Kenny. But it's not there. I've searched. I've I've done word searches of every word that you could come up with for wine or strong drink or alcohol or, or drunk. There, it's not there. Not for a person that's not an alcoholic, but how many times have you heard preachers stand up and say, "You better not drink. You better not do that. Alcohol's a devil's whatever." For an alcoholic, it is, but it's no different. And see, Kenneth's a diabetic. I guess he don't mind me telling you that. There are some diabetics in here. And he made a good point to me one day. They're sitting there knowing that he's a diabetic and I come up with a great big old piece of chocolate pie and eat it right in front of him. Knowing he can't have it. Now what kind of love am I expressing to him? I'm making a temptation for him. That's what he's talking about. Don't let your liberty. I can have it. I'm not diabetic. Well... I probably don't need it, but but I can have it. But he can't. But if I sit down right in front of him and say, ooh, man, this is good, you need to get some. No, when he can't, I be, might become a stumbling block to him. I'm about to make his blood sugar go out the roof because I'm putting temptation in front of him. Do you understand the difference of liberty that you have in Christ, but it needs to be tempered with love And compassion and consideration for other people. That it doesn't become a stumbling block to them. Is that clear as mud? On this Memorial Day as I think about this and I look at it I thought, wow our country. We are about in the same boat. We have so many wanting to enforce what they believe and what they want that it is just totally against what I believe and what I want. But we have a constitution that protects us of that. You can't enforce on me against my will. My, the constitution protects me. But you know, when Christ died on the cross for me, I have perfect peace inside. That Jesus Christ has given me freedom, and give me liberties. And I'm going to take those freedom and those liberties. And I'm going to temper them with love and in consideration for one another. And I'm going to live my life that would be pleasing to Him and be a testimony to you. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, you, thou shalt this and thou shalt that if it's not in God's Word. I don't think you ever hear me preach it if it's not in God's Word. It says in 1 Corinthians 6 as he's dealing with, with liberties and he's dealing with this problem of eating meats and doing things. He said, but God has distributed to every man as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. Now, in this part he, he is talking about the circumcision. He talks about marriage and, and different things that he's trying to help the church at Corinth to get through. He's talking about this, uh, uh, is, is, any man, is any man called to be uncircumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any called to uncircumcision? Let him not become circumcised. Don't do this for salvation's sake is what he's saying. You have liberties in Christ. Uh, circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing but keeping the commandments of God. And then he he says, "Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called." People, if we would learn, my daddy used to tell me, "Son, your rights end at the end of your nose. Your rights, your opinions, the way you think, and all it ends right here. You can't impose on other people." what you believe to be so for you. And if we could learn that, if we could get that, oh yeah, I want people to know. I want people to know Jesus. I want people to to, to live a life that is productive and all the rest. And there are certain things, and this is not what I'm talking about. There are certain things that are written in stone that God says you shall not and you will not do. But other things He's given us a mind to think He's given us an ability to reason. And He's given us liberties to make decisions. And on those things, what I believe should end right here. And I let God sort it out. Uh, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he is called. If God has has, uh, allowed you for whatever reason to be an alcoholic, please do not drink. It will mess you up. If, if if God has has done this in your life and you're convicted that you shouldn't go to the movies, please don't go to the movies. If God has impressed on you anything that is in this gray area that you should not do and it's your life, please don't do it. The Holy Spirit of God who lives in you has convicted you of that and, and not give you liberty and peace to do that. So leave it alone. But leave it at that. That doesn't mean it's biblical doctrine that you must have put on someone else. Is everybody totally confused today? I hope this is enlightening to you. Why am I preaching this? Uh, Why did did I uh, feel led to to do this on this weekend? I I think, like I said, it's been a comparison between Our country and what we're going through and its changes and people are no different anywhere. How they want to impose their beliefs and their opinions on you and it's not based on our Constitution was no different in this church. A lot of times an unsaved person will come sit in a pew and they may stink a little bit because they hadn't had a shower in a few days. Or they may smell like smoke or they may smell like alcohol. It's not our job to convict, to to condemn those people. It's our job to love those people like Christ would love them. And you leave your liberties and your freedoms and your opinions to yourself. Can we do that, church? Please don't let me ever hear that some poor soul lost and dying to go to hell come and sit on that pew and his breath smelled like alcohol. And somebody went, oh, goodness. And that person... Walks out the door and never wants to see open the doors of the church again because of your attitude toward them. I think that's terrible. Church, we got to start loving the sick. we we this ought to, this is not a place for the for the for the great ones and the ones that are okay. This is a place for the broken hearted. This is a place for the ones who need help. And, and if they can get that help here, great. If not, we'll get them to the help somewhere else. And we'll love them as Christ loved them. And we'll live our liberties and, and have our freedom and we'll offer that to them. Just as God has called them, God's called me to live the life that I should live. I'm just going to close with that. uh, I've just laid my heart out to you today. Something that was a burden on me that I heard that testimony of that man. I'll never darken the doors of church again. As your pastor, I pray that that never happens here. That every person that walks through those doors, every person we meet day to day, we love them just like Jesus loved them. That is my goal. That's my heart's desire, and I'm praying it's yours. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the freedoms and the liberties that we enjoy in our country because the men and women who gave the ultimate sacrifice, they died that I could have the right to come in here and worship you. They died that I can work where I want to, that I can believe like I want to. Lord Jesus Christ, that you died for me. On the cross, you paid the ultimate sacrifice for me, that I can have liberty and freedom from sin, and from those things, Father, that that would would bring me into bondage and condemnation. Through Jesus Christ, you set me free. I can't thank you and praise you. I can't even begin to fathom it. But one day, Lord, I hope, and I see you face to face, that it would all be clear. But until then, Father, is my prayer for me and for each and one of these under the sound of my voice that we would love one another as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.